Now let's go to God this morning for our scripture reading. Um, today I'm going to be reading to you from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 20. Go in through the narrow gate. The gate that leads to destruction is broad and the road wide, so many people enter through it. But the gate that leads to life is narrow, and the road is difficult, so few people find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they are vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds, or do they get figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every rotten tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, you will know them by their fruit. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen. Why is it that we human beings, we like to take the, the easy road to things, don't we? Uh, I saw a great meme on social media this week. It said, we do this not because it's easy, but because we thought it would be easy. <laughs> do, you, do you resonate with that? I, I sure do. You know, safety and security uh, is one of our most basic human needs. And so doing things outside of our comfort zone can make us feel unsafe and unsure. You know, unfortunately, there's not a magic bullet when it comes to deciding which path in life we should take. You know, when we make a change and go in a different direction, it becomes really hard and complicated because we have all kinds of uh, emotional baggage, if you will, that comes along with that. Uh, a lot of our habits and our routines, when we make a change, it disrupts all of that stuff. Yet changing your direction and choosing a path and choosing the right path can make such a big difference in your life. As we embody the way of Jesus, uh, we choose a path that leads to flourishing. Uh, we've been taking a really deep dive into the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, in this sermon, Jesus is calling us to live differently. Uh, as, as writer Scott Peck would say, to choose the road less traveled. Uh, Jesus used the Sermon on the Mount to outline uh, the ethical and moral characteristics that would define one of his followers. He, he provides a comprehensive guide to the pathway of a virtuous life, to the pathway of a good life, while this sermon sets a high moral standard. It also offers so much hope and encouragement. Jesus teaches all throughout the Sermon on the Mount that God is merciful and loving and ready to forgive us and to restore us 
into a right relationship. Uh, As we talked last week, Jesus is ushering in a new covenant. The law has been fulfilled. In the old covenant, we talked about how the law is uh, the determining factor in how well we love God. Uh, It is how we keep the law that shows how much that we love God. But Jesus is coming and saying, nope, there is a new covenant. That is fulfilled. We are no longer judged by how well we keep the law. What determines how much we love God is how much we love other people. You know, Moses uh, came off of Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. And of those Ten Commandments, uh, the temple ended up with over 600 laws to see how well or to help them live a faithful life. Jesus says that's over. No longer are we bound by that, but there is a new and different way to live. In this section that John read for us this morning, we hear Jesus talking about the pathway that he wants his followers to take. Jesus says, go through the narrow gate. The gate that leads to destruction is broad and the road wide. So many people enter through it, but the gate that leads to life is narrow and the road difficult. So few people find it. Notice the contrast Jesus is using right here. The hard path is what leads to life. The easy path leads to destruction. Then Jesus gives some travel advice. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they're vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds, or do they get figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every rotten tree produces bad fruit. Jesus is teaching that they can protect themselves from going in the wrong direction by looking at fruit. Now, he's talking about fruit, which symbolizes the outward behavior of people's um, actions in their lives. It's the result of what people are doing. It signifies, uh, good fruit signifies a life of love. Compassion, humility, kindness, integrity. Now, likewise, bad fruit represents unrighteous actions, behaviors that are contrary to God's character. It signifies a life marked by hypocrisy, deceit, malice, selfishness. So, When Jesus says in verse 16, do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds or do they get figs from thistles? He's highlighting this truth. Just as a thorny bush cannot 
produce good fruit like grapes or figs, people who lack a genuine relationship with God and each other also cannot produce good fruit. As we embody the way of Jesus, we take the path that leads to flourishing. Jesus wants us to choose this path that's laid out for us in the Sermon on the Mount. And and believe it or not, choosing the right path, that's not the hard part. Uh, You know, in, in fact, it's pretty simple. Jesus said there was two roads. One's big and narrow and the other one, one's big and wide and it leads to destruction and one's narrow, right? The path is right there. Uh, We had a whole sermon series about two plus years ago on choosing the right path. And if you were a part of that, you remember, we kind of jokingly said, if you want to go to Gulf Shores and go to the beach, you go south on I-65, not north to the mountains in Tennessee, (laughs) Choosing the right path isn't necessarily the hard part. It's staying on the right path that's hard. I believe that one of the reasons why so many people choose the the easy path in life is because we tend not to value things that takes a lot of time. And embodying the way of Jesus isn't something that's gonna happen overnight. It's a journey that is oftentimes three steps forward and two steps back. Uh, That's why I like to call this concept bridging the gap Uh, because living for God and going on a journey with God is about making that next right step making that small 1% change that can make a big difference in the long run. Uh, Just kind of think of it as a boat that is on uh, a journey and, and you're trying to get to a destination, yet the waves crash at you from both sides and the wind blows if the, the sailors make a 1% change to keep them on the right path, it, it may be insignificant and the other people on the boat might not even know there was a shift in course. But all throughout the journey, if they keep making those adjustments, they get to where they intend to go. But, but a ship that doesn't make those adjustments and just gets blown around by the wind and the waves they're going to end up far from their destination. It's the same way with our spiritual life. Over time, these 1% changes, these small changes we make, it may not feel like anything's even happened, but yet when we continue to do them, we get to our destination. And when looking at this part of the Sermon on the Mount, I want to bring out, a couple or a few things that we can do starting today to take those next steps. The first thing we need to do is we need to study the life of Jesus. Uh, I came across a a blog this week uh, uh, from a police officer who talked about uh, how to uh, detect counterfeit money and, and listen to what this police officer said. 
Uh, one of the most valuable lessons I learned from about distinguishing the real thing from a counterfeit was a lesson taught to me in the police academy. The best way to spot a counterfeit dollar bill was by studying and knowing very well the real thing. We did not study counterfeit bills. We meticulously studied the authentic bill so that when we saw the counterfeit, the differences jumped out at us. One of the best ways for us to stay on the right path is to study Jesus so well that when something happens that is counter to where God wants us to go, it just jumps out at us. Being a disciple of Jesus is a profound and transformative journey. When studying Jesus, we have to get involved in the historical accounts, his teachings. We need to look at how Jesus acted. We need to take seriously all four of the Gospels. We need to look at where he showed compassion, how he used wisdom, and especially take a look at the radical love that he displayed to other people. It involves not just reading about his miracles and parables, but also understanding the cultural context in which they were given. Studying Jesus' life is an invitation to examine how he handled relationships. How did he respond to challenges? How was he committed to seeing justice and forgiveness and the kingdom of God come in to play. It's a journey of discovering true discipleship with the ultimate goal of not just believing in Jesus or following Jesus, but embodying the way Jesus lived. And the good news, at least it's good news for me, we don't do it alone. We do it together as the body of Christ. When we travel the path that Jesus wants us to travel, we need to study Jesus, and we also need to stay focused. Uh, I love and hate that it's football season. Uh, I love it because uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things sports in the world, and I hate it because it takes so much time out of your day. But one of the things that frustrates me the most is when a player drops a pass that he should have caught. Uh, and I'm not talking about the circus catches, that those are, or, or the video game kind of plays, those, those are fine. I'm talking about the passes that these players have been catching since they were five years old and they just drop them. How does an elite football player drop a pass they've been practicing since they were five years old? And almost every time it happens, you probably already know where I'm going because the commentators say the exact same thing. Oh, look how he looked down the field before he caught the ball. It's the same thing with us when we take our eyes, when we take our focus off of Jesus is when we drop the ball. Do you remember uh, Jesus walking on water 
one of my favorite stories because of Peter. Uh, not to mention that he was walking on water. But, uh, you know, Jesus sent the disciples on ahead and, and uh, he, he was going to greet them. So he, what else would he do? He walked on water to go to the boat. And, and it kind of freaked the disciples out a little bit, if you remember. They were like, oh my gosh, that's a ghost. Uh, it freaked me out a little bit too. And Jesus says to them, hey guys, it's me. Everything's okay. And Peter goes, love Peter. <laughs> If it's you, let me walk out there with you. Jesus will come on. And he did. Peter is walking on water like Jesus until he sees the waves and feels the wind. And he takes his eye off Jesus and he begins to sink. Staying focused is the best way to affect real change in your life. Uh, philosopher Socrates put it this way, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Life changes when you decide that life needs to change. The more you focus on Jesus, the more you will flourish we all know that life is a roller coaster of, of ups and downs, of twists and turns, and it's really hard sometimes to stay on track. But there's a secret weapon, and I alluded to it earlier, to help keep us on track, and that's each other. To surround yourself with people who are going on the same path that you are going. When we surround ourselves with people who are going in the same direction we're going, it is so much better. Because we can help keep each other accountable. We can, we can help ask each other questions. We can help make decisions that keep us going in the right direction. Be intentional about the people you surround yourself with. Walking the narrow path, it takes studying Jesus and staying focused, and it's going to take a whole lot of patience. I think patience is the secret sauce to staying on the path that Jesus describes in the Sermon on the Mount. When we're patient, we, we resist the urge uh, to rush and take shortcuts. Uh, when we're patient, we understand that, that this journey we are on with, with God is a process. Uh, the narrow path that Jesus speaks about, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's about making choices that align with his teachings every day, day in and day out. Patience helps us keep our eyes on the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal, a deep, authentic relationship with God and with each other. Rather than 
having our eyes fixed on temporary gains. Patience also helps us weather those storms in life. When when difficulties arise, it's tempting for us to veer off the path and go back to, to things that give us comfort and give us back to things that make us feel safe. But patience reminds us that endurance, it leads to growth and maturity. Being patient with yourself is one of the most crucial things that you can do. We are all going to mess up. Every one of us. We're all going to stumble. But being impatient with our own imperfections can lead us to discouragement and getting off the path altogether. I think it's helpful to remember that God, Jesus, is patient with us. I want to invite the worship team to come back up as we begin to close our sermon. The Sermon on the Mount, in this great three chapters in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus outlines for us a way of living that is very challenging, is it not? I mean, he encourages us to to, to love our enemies, (laughs) to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile. Man, living like that requires a great deal of work. Because, let's face it, it, it's not easy to love someone who does not even like you. And it's really hard to keep going on the path on those days you feel like it doesn't even matter. As we embody the way of Jesus, we take the path that leads to flourishing. So, as we navigate this path, of living out Jesus' teaching together. Let us take just one step at a time, trusting that God is enough. And don't forget that true change, the path to true transformation, the path to righteousness are small consistent choices that we make over time. Just think about it. What small things can you change today to begin that process? You know, by studying Jesus' life, you will know the wrong path when you see it. Staying focused will help us see the path a little bit more clearly. And practicing patience keeps us on the right path, even when it's hard. Let's pray together. Oh God, help us to keep on the path that you want us to journey. 
Help us as a community of faith to study your, your word. Help us to stay focused on what you want us to do. And help us to be patient with ourselves and with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.